Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, your number one podcast for... Health and fitness. What category are we in? We are in health. I think we're switching to kids and family. Oh, boo. We're so healthy, though. Mm, yes, that's that's us. Well, you're very healthy. Me, on the other hand, I'm very healthy in spite of what I do to myself. That being said, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hope your, your, your weekends went wells. Hope your Mother's Day's... Or mother dayed, if you're uh, trying to become a mother, let me just tell you right now, it's a hassle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your uh, analysis. You're very welcome. Um, what's new? Henry has a new rash. <laughs> Henry seems to be the king of rashes because his skin is... 
the thinnest of uh, of 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 skin cells, uh, the the most sensitive of of skins, <laughs> the palest of babies. <sighs> yeah, he has what his doctor said is a bacterial infection rash. It's the best kind. So where is he getting that? I don't know. Who knows? Probably from the smoothies he keeps dropping on himself. <laughs> um, so we're putting Neosporin on it two to three times a day. And if it doesn't improve in three to four days, then he probably has to go on antibiotics. Yeah. So that's fun. It's weird to be doing this podcast that comes out Sunday night, Monday, and not talk about our Mother's Day because it hasn't happened yet. Saturday. Oh, yeah. Dory had a great Mother's Day. She really loved everything. I got some beautiful flowers already. She did. Um, Bo and Henry chipped in, got her some flowers. That was nice. I, I'm, I... Dad got her a combination birthday and um, Mother's Day present. Her, her birthday is... Uh, 16th if you care to wish her a happy birthday get on the tweets oh thanks honey head uh, head over to the grams dory will be turning uh 28 everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't know what to say we'll see what tomorrow goes like you know up there's gonna be no update because we're recording now right so but you know, it does feel like the first Mother's Day that I'm like really celebrating. Well, yeah, the first first Mother's Day was like I was in. You're in. You couldn't days. get out of bed. Yeah, I could barely get out of bed. Henry was two weeks old. Yeah, it was a mess. It was truly a mess. You got some lactation cookies, if I remember correctly. Oh yes, that's right. I did. Uh, you know, it was a time when people could go to Target without waiting in a line. Uh, yeah, I went to Target last night, had to return some stuff and pick up some stuff. And there was, there was a line to get in at like 6.30 p.m., which I was surprised by. Well, I think that the slow lifting of the order has emboldened people to leave their homes. Oh, interesting. And I would, you know, caution everybody. You'd urge caution? Yeah. Use your head. Do you need to go out? Okay. If you do, take your precautions. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that does it for Matt's Corner. <laughs> Thank you, Matt's Corner. Wash your hands, everybody. Yep. Etc. Etc. Slowly. What she's saying, hold it up. But you know what? It levels out. Okay. I think. We'll see. Dory has a stand. I don't. I'm in a chair. An armchair. She's in her computer desk. Her desk feels a lot more conducive to work than mine does. I'm a little jealous of it. Perhaps it's the fact that it's not covered in everything. It's also not a guitar workshop. That's true. There's a lot of uh, parts sitting on my desk. Mm -hmm. There's parts on each of the workbenches in there. Mm -hmm. It's really a mess. I'd like to clean that someday. If only I had time. All you have is time. I know. It's the weird part. (sighs) 
Vegas still hasn't opened. So, you know. I don't know. Okay. Alrighty. You okay there? What? Are you okay? No, I'm just like thinking of like what... <laughs> the, hard, the part with these updates nowadays is so hard is that we don't do anything besides, you know, our work. Yeah. I know. We don't go anywhere. I spent all of yesterday on multiple phone calls. I uh, even had to push the, a podcast recording from... It was going to be yesterday at 3.30 till, you know, probably 5.30, 6 o'clock, because that's how Andy and I roll. Um, so I had to push that to, I think it's either tonight or tomorrow night. Um, and, yeah, it's just weird how these days can just disappear. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You cleaned the house this morning. Yes, I did, because it was what I would describe as a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I took Henry for a walk. Yes. And Henry dropped a smoothie all over himself, mm-hmm. hence the bacterial infection. That's my working theory right now. <laughs> yeah, I got, you know, Dory let me sleep this morning. Very nice of her. I somehow got an 80 the night before. Wow, how'd that happen? Well, I didn't get out. Of, I really didn't get out of bed until nine. Oh, remember? Yeah, I, I guess I let you sleep yesterday too. You did, and then um, you let me sleep today. I suppose in anticipation that breakfast in bed will happen for you tomorrow. It will, guys. Went out, Dory sent me this link to uh, our, one of our favorite restaurants in town is uh, was selling food that you can cook for Mother's Day breakfast. She sent it to me once and I was like, oh, she wants breakfast in bed. Okay, I'll figure that out. And then she sent it to me again yesterday, which told me she wants this specific thing. So I took the hint, ordered it, put on a mask, drove out to Beverly Hills and picked up breakfast for a fairly reasonable $35 for a breakfast of families. Yeah. Why is breakfast so inexpensive? Because it's not like an, it's usually not like an elaborate meal. Right. But I just feel like, you know, every time you go anywhere, it's like breakfast is $4. Well, it should be $4. Dinner is $93. Yeah. Also, like there's less meat at breakfast, which is we not should also as expensive. Was it which is, it's not as expensive to have less meat. Let's also what? take a moment of silence for soup plantation, everyone. Oh yeah, R.I.P. So long. You're perhaps one of the more shocking casualties of this coronavirus. I have to say, I did not see that coming. I will miss. The blueberry muffins, most of all, those tiny blueberry muffins with a little pad of butter on it. Oh, boy, was that tasty. I will never again have it. I'll miss the bizarre attempts at making my own salads. I'll miss the 7-Up Zero or Sprite Zero they would have. You know, although now that I think about it, 
it kind of makes sense that they would go out of business. Of course. They're it's a, buffet. a buffet. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way for them to re... No. Their whole business model is predicated on being a buffet. Yes. I don't think anyone's going to go to buffets for a long time. Oh, I disagree. You're putting a undue... Um, credit towards a lot of the country mm. who I think will be hometown buffet bound at some point. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I wonder what Vegas buffets are going to do. I know. I feel like they could just honestly hire. They're already expensive Vegas buffets. Yeah. They can hire probably like 50% more wait staff. And what it would be, I would think, is like a situation where the waiter will come by and you'll be like, I'd like this and this and this. And then they'll go get it for you and come back with it. Or it could be a thing where someone is serving. You go up to stations and someone serves you food and there's like a, you know, you can't serve yeah. yourself the food. Yeah. Or they just get rid of that sushi uh, section that they have for breakfast and just put hand sanitizer there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, we still don't know how the world's going to look, what's going to happen, when and if I'll be back to work, uh, what television production might look like. It's a wild time. Yeah. And Henry is uh, not going to remember it. Nope. And he's totally oblivious to it all. Yes. He'll never believe that he was in Las Vegas, Nevada, and people weren't wearing face masks. <laughs> um, but let's see. What else are we updating people on here? Anything else major happened this week? Hmm. Dory's trying to get me on this Peloton walking situation. She told me about it today, which I still don't understand. According to Dory, she, so this Peloton app, you know, we have the app, not the bike, but the app apparently has things besides biking. The app has weight. They have strength classes. They have yoga classes. They have cardio, like hit classes. And then they also have a whole like outdoor section that's just audio. Mm-hmm for walking and running. So in a walking situation, they're playing music, you say. Correct. What kind of music are they playing? Well, I did one one that was a 90s walk. Oh, that's right up your alley. And then I did one that was an 80s walk. Okay. And do they like pepper it with uh, news stories from the 90s and the 80s? Like no, one they of those do puzzles? Not. Okay. Mm-mm. Nope. And... Now, how is it different from me just going and putting on a 90s playlist and walking? Because someone is also talking the whole time, like a like a fitness instructor. The whole time. Yeah, they're like, hey, everyone, this is Dory from Peloton. Mm-hmm. So excited to be here with you guys today. We're going to do a 20-minute walk. We're going to start off with a three-minute warm-up. Then we're going to go into... How do you warm up for a walk? Usually a walk is the warm up. You do like a stroll. Oh. And then there's... That's right at my alley. And then there's intervals where you do like a brisker walk. What if I only did the warm ups and just strolled? You can... They say they say you can do that. <laughs> oh, I see. They're like, this is great Are the for... music... Is the music tempoed to whatever you're doing? So like in the brisker part, do they yeah. kick the beat up? Yeah, they do. Interesting. Okay. All right. Maybe dad will give that a try. 
don't know why I I'm calling myself dad now. <laughs> what the fuck is that all about? Uh, <laughs> that was weird. Isn't it? Like, also, like, it's something our parents did. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I guess it just happens. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> it's like the second time I did that. I don't care for it. Bo, what do you think? It's also funny that you refer to yourself as dad. Right. I didn't like refer to you as dad. No, I said maybe dad will yeah. take it. That's very strange. Because that's like how you talk to Henry. Yes, it is. So I guess since Henry's the only other person I'm really talking to, <laughs> it does make sense. You know, I do a lot of dad's going to do this, dad's right. going to do that, uh, just so he knows what's happening. So that I guess that makes some sense. And then it just never goes away, I guess. Whoa. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, Matt, I think you <laughs> I think I think you should give it a shot. How do you do it? Do I, how do I get the app? You download the app. Stupidest question ever. I you assume download I the, go app to the app from app the app store. Yeah, and then I have to, but I need an account. I need an account. You create an account. Ugh, how much does this cost? Um, I believe so. When I did it, they were giving 90 days free. I think now they're giving 30 days free. Oh, they see the end of the thing in the horizon and they're like, oh, now we can really yeah. shorten it and get people yeah. hooked. Um, and then it's twelve ninety nine a month. Oof, it's like uh, HBO. Go. Yeah, but I, I use it every day. That's true. And like after this, I'm like, why would I rejoin the gym? That's sort of what I'm thinking for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I don't know. We'll update you. Do, do I walk? I don't know. I try to walk. I was going to go for a bike ride at some point. A lot of bikes out and about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a lot of cars. When I went to go pick up the food for breakfast tomorrow, there was a lot of uh, cars with bike racks out and about. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know where they were going. Hmm. But they were heading somewhere. Yeah, because I don't think the big, tr- like the the beach trail is open. Yeah. Also, I, I guess I didn't get that far, really. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else? I don't think so. I'm excited. I don't know why the 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 clock is gone. Oh, because I closed it. Why would you do that? I didn't close it, but I was going to our outline. Yeah, but this part, we know. That's true. All right. Should we take a break? Wait, don't we do the business and then take the break? Oh, yeah, we do. I'm very confused by this new format Dory's trying to make happen. Okay, you guys. <laughs> we still appreciate it when you leave Apple Podcast reviews, especially if they are five-star reviews. We only encourage five-star reviews on Star Trek The Next Conversation. Um, we say you can write whatever you want in the review, but just leave it five stars. If you, want, if you hate us, make it five stars and tell us why you hate us. <laughs> um, you can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Excellent Adventure. Our website is excellentadventure.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash Excellent Adventure. And you can email us at doryandmatt at gmail.com or mattanddory at gmail.com. And our phone number, where you can leave us a voicemail that we may play on the show, is 413-461-BABY. That's all true. Okay, now can we take a break? Yeah. Okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but, like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out, uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now i don't know why you haven't done anything about it get comfy this spring and give back with bombas Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. That was quick. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you're all enjoying uh, whatever ads are playing in this new world of dynamic ads. Yep. All right. Um, we got a follow up from Excellent. the person who wrote us last week who had the California basement member. Oh, uh, do I ever? Cause we were very yeah. confused by what the fuck a California basement was. Um, all right. You read my question. So honored. Ha ha. I love your suggestion of having my husband take on a feeding. I'll follow up next week. We're going to try to make it work. 
By the way, one, a California basement is not built into a hill or anything special. It's just a small, shitty basement. It's like a root cellar, big enough and dry enough for storing things you wouldn't mind getting dirty, but not big or nice enough for people to use for storing things you care about. Interesting. Okay. Two, see the below email. Looks like IVF clinics are trying to drum up business. Oh, see, I asked about that. Mm -hmm. And she forwarded an email from a fertility clinic here in L.A., uh, called HRC mm-hmm. that is offering three different promotions. Let's hear it. What do we got? One is the Hope promo. Ugh. IVF cycles, $3,000 off your first cycle, $4,000 <laughs> off your second cycle, uh-huh. $5,000 off your third cycle. Wow. It requires a $1,000 refundable deposit. <laughs> well, it's refundable, at least. At least. True. Um, okay. The joy promo, third party parenting, egg donor slash surrogacy, $3,000 off the program. The choice promo, egg freezing, $2,000 off your first cycle. I don't like any of these names. Me neither. $2,500 off your second cycle, $3,000 off your third cycle, plus a free initial consultation. Offers end June 30th. Is this like a weird ad for them on, on an IVF podcast? Probably. Should we not say who it's from? Maybe. Should we just start the second part over? No, I mean, I can cut out who it's from. Okay. A California clinic. That's all. Yeah, a California clinic. Um, I thought this was pretty tacky. Oh, I, the na- even the, I think the naming con- like conceit is also very tacky. Well, they say in the email, they say, when you have hope, when you feel joy, when you have a choice, you have name of clinic. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if that's their slogan all the time. That's so weird. I don't know, but I was like, wow. Okay, so they're offering promos. Have we gotten any promos from our clinic? No. (laughs) I've never gotten like an email, like a a group email from our clinic. Right. A mass email. Yeah, no, me either. I don't think that's like their thing. Wait, what about like none of the parking? I think when the parking happened, there was a mass email. No, there's just a sign, I think, in the front. Okay. Um, all right. So that's one instance of a clinic drumming up business. Mm-hmm. So did other people write in about that specific thing? Um, I feel like someone Okay. Did. Well, we'll get to it then. Okay. Um, all right. We're going to play. But did she didn't oh. answer any specifics about the actual process of like the feeding? No. Okay. Okay. But, but it sounds like she's not exclusively breastfeeding if her husband good. can take a feed. Oh, uh, then I, I believe he should also. So, all right. Now we have a voicemail. Hi, Matt and Dory. Um, this is Carrie calling from the UK. Um, I'm an American. I'm using my 100 minutes that I'm allowed to call outside the country to call you guys. So we are honored. I feel a little privileged. I'm just kidding. Um, I wanted to call because I am one of those people that are waiting patiently for the IVF clinic in London to open back up. They closed um, literally two or three weeks before we were supposed to start our fourth egg retrieval. Um, We did three in Germany, which didn't go well. Um, And we have a new clinic in London that seems like they're great and they specialize in failed rounds of IVF. So we've been spending the last, or I've been spending the last um, maybe 
three, four months trying to mentally kind of get back in the space of being able to do it again. And of course, after two months of lovely therapy with a therapist in person, we had to switch online and now it is postponed. So I was getting back there and I am now in the mindset of like pandemic. Should we do it? Should we not? I don't know. Anyway, you had asked about upselling. My clinic is trying to now get us to do genetic testing on our embryos, which we only usually have one or two to transfer. So we're a little confused. At the beginning, when we first saw them last year, they said no need. But now, since we'll have to do a freeze cycle, because I have to be on immune protocol, and the immune protocol you're not allowed to do right now because Uh it lowers your immune system. So we'd have Ah. to be doing a freeze cycle. This is a long story. Sorry. So... We are trying to figure out if this is legit or not, if we should do the genetic testing because we're going to have to freeze. We should probably know whether or not they're good if we're paying to keep them frozen or if we should do more rounds, which we should probably do anyway. Anyway, that's the thing. My husband is very pessimistic about this. He thinks they're upselling us and trying (laughs) to get us to spend more money with them. Although it's really not that much to do the genetic testing and to freeze and then transfer because they lump it all together into about 1,600 pounds, I think. Um, Wow. Or no, maybe not the transfer, maybe just the freezing. Anyway, long story. That's it. That's where I'm at. Um, Hopefully, I know they're lifting May 11th. They're allowed to apply to open. The clinics are allowed to apply to open. So I'm hoping we get some news soon and um, get to get started again. So I love the pod. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Uh, stay safe. Oh, um, I don't know how big our house is. We're in a <laughs> rental in the UK. Looking at them. It's <laughs> uh, a very informative voice. Man. I liked that she was still going to do it. That was funny. Yeah. Um, well, I will say it's like you're, 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 it doesn't sound like an upsell to me. It sounds like your cycle has changed. Yeah, that's a good point. Based on circumstances beyond your own control. Yep. Uh, I think that genetically testing and freezing, they feel like they have gone hand in hand in our cycles. So for me, it does not sound like an upsell. It sounds like a uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I's of your new cycle. I think that's a that's a good analysis. Yeah. Believe me, if they're upselling you, I'm going to be the first to say I was just going to say, Matt, Matt loves to sniff out an upsell. I really do. You know, sometimes I fall victim to them myself. But, you know, I like to, I like to be aware, at least, when I'm being upsold. Mm-hmm. This feels okay and legit to me. All right. Thank you. That's the Matt Myra seal of upseldom. <laughs> Um, before I read the next email, I just want to mention that everyone who is still struggling with infertility and is not a mom and for whom Mother's Day was tough, I see you. We always see you. We've been you. Yep. And we'll continue to see you on this podcast and hope that, uh, we don't have to see you anymore. Like get out of our faces. (laughs) And, 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 and everything works out. But if it doesn't, we're still going to see you. Yeah. All right. 
This next email is from Anonymous. I wanted to write in about three things that came up on last week's podcast. One, I just delivered my second science baby three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. If I had known in August that I would be faced with an unemployed and depressed husband, no child care for my daughter, no visitors allowed, no family who could help, stuck in a house with two kids, no, I would not have transferred. I'm trying to live in the joy of having a new member of the family, but gosh, this is hard. I did not bring two children into this world so we could all be stuck in a house together. Two, to the listener whose husband has said he doesn't want a second child, listen to him. Mine also told me that when our first was little. Once she got older and easier, he agreed, although I think he agreed half-heartedly. If I had known how hard it would be once the newborn got here, see above, unemployed and depressed husband in the time of COVID-19 social distancing, I wouldn't have had a second. It is really, really hard, but listen to your husband. You will need his support even more for number two because you also have number one to care for. My husband is doing better now. He's seeking treatment for his depression, etc. But I would really pay attention to what your husband is saying about not wanting another. I plowed ahead and didn't consider how this would impact his mental state. And if your husband is saying he's already tapped, pay attention. Mm. As far as Matt and Dory's sibling conversation, giving my oldest a sibling is why I had another. We are older parents who use DE for our children, donor embryos. I really wanted my first child to have someone who's in the same boat as she is, someone who is fully her biological sibling. I wanted her to have a playmate and someone she could rely on while growing up and who would be there with her as her father and I age earlier than the parents of her peers. My brother is a great support to me, and even though we are very different, I have so many fond memories of having him over the years. You are both correct. Two is a lot harder than one, especially when they are little. But once they can play together, it will be golden. One friend of mine said, one isn't enough, and two is too many. It's so true. Lol. Good luck to you both, to all the listeners, and thank you for continuing the podcast. It is my favorite, and I look forward to it every week. Uh, thank you for those nice sentiments at the end there. Um, it's a bummer about your husband. Been there. It's no fun. Glad he's getting help. Uh, I wonder how much she didn't listen to him. Like, I wonder how adamant he was about yeah. it. Wow. Yikes is all I have to say about that. Yeah. And then, have you thought about it at all over the week? Our conversation last week about uh, siblings versus no siblings and rounds versus no rounds, embryo transfer versus no embryo transfer, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I was, I think our conversation last week really surprised me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it did make me think like, okay, well, if he wants, if he's willing to do another round, then I guess we could do another round. Um, well, you're also saying, I guess it's not like, you know, you don't seem particularly gung ho. I'm just, I'm just like, I, I just don't have any faith that it's going to work. You don't have the energy. No, it's not that I don't have the energy. I actually feel like I do have the energy. Okay. It's that I'm, I'm, a week away from being 43 years old. That's not what I told everybody. You were 28. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm a week away from being 28. <laughs> 28 is so old. Um, and I just feel like, are we just like throwing our money away? Yeah. So that just makes me feel I mean, like, why you bother? are and you're not. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a gamble, right? I like gambling. I mean, maybe we should just go in and talk to Dr. Beck. reasonable but then i worry about the upsell in the office 
I feel like she's not an upseller. Yeah. She also likes to pad her own numbers. She's not going to take on a case. She exactly. knows it's impossible. Right. So. Like, she could be like, look, I think the best option right now is, like, donor eggs. She could say that. Yeah. And then we'd have to reassess everything. Yeah. Would you want a donor egg? I don't know. I mean, it's probably going to be donor sperm, too. Yeah. Just adopt an embryo. So we're just, like, making a bionic baby. Mm. Wait, robot sperm? And we're having a robot. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't know. And then what if she said, what if we did a round? Like, I know people who have done rounds where they do half the father's sperm and half donor sperm. How does that work? They just, like... Mix them in a they petri mix dish them, and then go nuts? And then they see which one's fertilized, and you don't really know which is which. Yeah, but we do ICSI, so that doesn't work. I think you can still do it. But it's a single sperm cell that's injected into the egg. No, I understand that. But like, if they are selecting the single sperm cell from a mix of sperm cells... Gross. <laughs> I don't know. But, then what's the, what, but what's the point? I think the point is like... We still want to try with the fa- the biological father's yeah, sperm. Yeah, but then it's not up to anyone but the person who's literally selecting the sperm yeah. cell. And I'm just saying what people I'm just have asking. Done. I'm also just this um, isn't like I'm not saying you invented this. No, I know. And then I'm also just like it's so expensive. Yeah. And we don't have the money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like are we going to go into debt again uh-huh. just to do another round that probably won't work? And that depresses me. I mean, you have such a negative outlook. You're not really putting positive vibes out there regarding a round. So I think it's something you need to think about as far as your mindset is concerned. I don't think mindset has literally anything to do with it. I think it'll help you yeah. personally you know, go through an emotional trial. Yeah. So I think it has something to do with it. And I think it affects the mental health of you. That's fair. So back the fuck off. Wow. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. That's my positive mental outlook. Um, and I agree. We should probably talk to a genetic counselor about that embryo we have. Yep. I don't even know where you start with that. Where do you find a genetic counselor? How do we even like, can we get the report on the, on that embryo? We paid for the report. We should be able to get it. Right. I assume the clinic would be able to help us get, help us get that. Yeah. I mean, they're like, Oh, you want to look at this thing that we're storing for you? And then we would have to transfer. Sure. Here's a report. Like, why wouldn't they? Yeah. I don't know. Have you given it any more thought? Over the week? No, I only think about it during the podcast. Mm. I'm not kidding either. Okay. I mean, I sort of like, you know, it pops into my head here and there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the time to really think about it is when we're sitting and talking like this, which is now. Right. So that's why. Can I, you picture your life with two kids? Uh, yeah and no. Like, I mean, I can picture my life with any circumstance you need it to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm a writer, so, sure. Um, 
And I can picture it with just Henry, but like also yeah. I can, you know, my thought is like, if we're going to do it, I'd rather do it sooner rather than later. Yeah. Cause I'd have rather have them be closer in age. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, that's sort of, you know, the fact that Henry just had his one year birthday, uh, sort of put it back into my head. Yeah. It was sort of out of the question in the, in that intervening year. Yeah. So, That's where right. we're at. Well, I think we should maybe next email talk to, we'll talk to Dr. Beck and then we'll go from there. All right. This is from Emily, Matt, Dory, Henry and Bo. I had to pause on the podcast when a fellow egghead wrote in about testing her ovarian reserve. I recently came across a video series in the Washington post chronicling a reporter's decision on whether to freeze her eggs. She did an initial workup and her hormone levels came back low for her age and her doctor pressed her to do egg freezing. She got a second opinion from another doctor who told her that her levels do not indicate that she has infertility or will face infertility, only how she might respond to IVF. Mm. The only way to know if you can have a baby is to try to get pregnant. I was pretty surprised to hear this, and I did a little digging and came across a JAMA study, I think that's Journal of the American Medical Association, that stated, quote, among women attempting to conceive naturally, diminished ovarian reserve was not associated with infertility. Women should be cautioned against using AMH levels to assess their current fertility. I wish there were a test out there to tell me whether I would face infertility even before trying, but I guess I will just have to have sex with my husband. Who knew? And then she included the links to the study and the Washington Post video, which I'll put in the show notes. Um, and she says, thanks for keeping the podcast going. I love hearing about the adventures of Henry and Bo, which I think would make a great children's book title. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but isn't it IVF clinics that are doing these tests anyway? Yeah, but I think... So it makes sense that that's what they're testing for, how responsive one would be to IVF. Right. But it also sounds like they're not being fully transparent with what those results indicate. Right. Okay. All right. But that's a good heads up. That is a good heads up. Thank you. All right. We're going to hear, uh, wait, what? I don't know. A voicemail. Oh, here. Yes. Found it. Hi guys. It's Katie Shinden and I had to pause the pod and chime in on the discussion regarding um, a sibling for Henry. So I've called about this before, um, giving you my perspective as a mom to science baby twins that are now 16 years old, a boy and a girl. My son of the twins is special needs, has autism and epilepsy, something we did not know until he was a toddler. Um, again, we did not see anything um, genetic testing that came up. But, of course, this was many years ago, 2004, so things are so different now. But what I wanted to chime in with is a couple things. Um, I feel like, first of all, Henry is just magnificent. And, um, you know, I think that uh, if you had another kid even half as cool as him, it would be way worth it. Um, also, I feel like if you don't transfer that embryo, you're going to, as Matt, I think, just said, I paused the podcast, but... Um, you might regret it, not knowing, you know. Um, having them close in age is wonderful, especially in this pandemic and the stay-at-home 
situation, quarantining, um, my kids have each other. They can't hang out with their friends, and it's amazing how much they like each other. So um, that is good. I have three kids. I have a younger daughter, non-science baby. But um, I just really feel like you should transfer that embryo and just see what happens, and then you'll know. And um, if it doesn't work out, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a religious person, but I would think that perhaps it just wasn't meant to be. Um, I don't know. So many variables, but my main point being Henry is really, really amazing. And I see, or I used to see in person, now I see them on screen, lots of babies his age in my line of work, and he is exceptional. So, which, um, you know. So that blonde hair, it got from nowhere. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you for the voicemail. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I guess there are many steps to take before the thought of even transferring that. Yeah. Because you have to go, well, what does this mean? What, uh, the likelihood of it working? And then is it a thing where we're like, we'll do the transfer, doesn't take, move on with right. our lives. Right. Or do we move on to another round? Right. Yeah. Lots to think about. Lots to think about. All right, we're going to take another short break, and we will BRB. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We are B. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, last week, someone asked about FemView. Uh, I don't, what, which was a new way of looking at your uterus and your fallopian tubes instead of an HSG. And she uh-huh. was wondering if anyone had done it. Right. Well, Nicole has. Signal went out. Response has arrived. Yes. I'm a listener who has not been through IVF, but might be headed there after COVID-19 due to unexplained infertility after one year of trying to conceive after a miscarriage last year. My husband and I conceived quickly last spring, but sadly had a missed miscarriage followed by a DNC in June. My OB totally messed me up by guaranteeing I'd get pregnant again, no problem, by the end of 2019. People should not It's a weird guarantee to make. Well, after lots of timed intercourse and tracking, that didn't happen, so she referred me to an RE to ease my worries. The RE did a full workup and recommended the FemView as the procedure to examine my uterus and fallopian tubes. It can be done right in the office rather than in the radiology department. I found cartoonish YouTube videos of the procedure to prep myself and was warned it would be very uncomfortable and to take ibuprofen beforehand. Well, I did just that and was shocked at how easy the procedure was. I do recall being super tense in the stirrups, anticipating the catheter being threaded through my cervix. A medical student slash fellow did the procedure, so it took a couple of tries. It was surprisingly painless and over very quickly. The only procedures I can personally compare it to are having an IUD inserted in an unmedicated DNC. 
In my experience, the IUD and DNC were more painful and uncomfortable than the FemView. My fallopian tubes were open, so perhaps that's why I didn't experience discomfort. As far as success following the FemView, I ovulated within the week of the procedure and two more times after that, and I'm still not pregnant. We're planning to try on our own through the summer and pursue IUI slash IVF in the fall if we aren't successful. Best of luck to the listener who asked about the FemView. My heart goes out to all the folks out there who are in limbo while waiting to start or continue the process of adding to their families during COVID-19. And that's Nicole in 1,400 square feet in South Philly with a husband and lots of houseplants. Um, weird guarantees from your OB. Yeah. <laughs> so like the men's warehouse guys, your I, OB? I, I, I guarantee it. I really hate when people do that. They're like... You're, I, like, you're definitely going to be pregnant. It's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? What do you know? Well, I mean, look, it's just the polar opposite of how you constantly think. So I can see, how that, be, I can see how that would be for you. Wow. You're a real negative Nancy Drew. Instead of solving the mystery of infertility, you're like, eh, it doesn't work. Who cares? I'm done. It's not going to work. I'm, I'm Nancy Drew of infertility. <laughs> doesn't matter who did it it's not gonna happen for me <laughs> anyway wow negative nancy drew i feel like it's weird because i feel like in general you're a more negative person than i am i am generally a more negative person i think when it comes to um external forces Say but more. i find that i'm i i find i'm generally more positive uh familially Oh, interesting. With, you know, certainly with our core unit. Mm. Um, and I try to support you with positivity in uh, regards to things you're trying to accomplish, things you'd like to accomplish, things you're hoping to accomplish, etc. This can range anywhere from uh, wanting to get a very nice office together to wanting to finish your book or wanting an IVF round. You're very supportive. I support you and ultimately I think all of the positivity I have goes towards supporting you. Oh no. I'm not saying I don't I'm have any left for myself. I'm a positivity sucker. You're not a positivity sucker. But I'm saying like I think that it's generally not fair to label me as negative when you know, I try to maintain such positivity towards your hopes and dreams, etc. You do. So. That's very true. And I appreciate it. I think you should BTFO. Wow. All right. Because you are OOC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, we have an update from a long ago uh, voicemail lever. Okay. Probably not even going to remember her. Uh, I mean, I'll need to be refreshed if possible. She will refresh you. Thank God. Hey, Matt and Dory. Oh, I remember. Um, this is uh, Tamar calling in from the Netherlands. Um, I've called into your show before. Um, or actually, I emailed you a voice message, just like I'm doing now, in which I told you about the IVF process that I and my wife uh, were going through. 
We live in the Netherlands and we are not your average couple. My wife is trans and she froze her sperm before transitioning, which means that we uh, are the lucky lesbian couple that get to have a child that is biologically related 100%. to both wow. of us. Nicely done. And good forethought. Yeah. Also, I am disabled because of a chronic illness called POTS, orthostatic mm-hmm. tachycardia syndrome. It's rather unknown. Um, and I thought you might like to hear that I finally got pregnant. Oh and my gosh. I got pregnant just before the lockdown, which is really, <laughs> really fortunate. Um, because the IVF claimed that we went to, um, has stopped transferring embryos wow. for now. Uh, they, I think they still did the egg retrievals of people who were um, already on hormones like during the time that the lockdown went mm-hmm. in, but they didn't like transfer any embryos and they stopped uh, initiating IVF cycles. And also if they wouldn't have, the clinic is also in Belgium oh, and the borders between there. our countries are closed now. Yeah. So we are really, really lucky that we made it just in time. And now that I'm pregnant, we really hope that by the time of my due date, um, we will actually be allowed to have more than one person in the delivery right. room again, because we have hired a doula, mm-hmm. which I really, really like. And I really hope that she can actually be there with us. So yeah. we really took the guest there. Um, I also hear a lot about um, that the period after you take your newborn home um, is really heavy now for people in other countries because um, because of the lockdown. Yeah. Um, but that's not really the case with us because here in the Netherlands we have a wonderful system where um, a week after the birth uh, you get a professional nurse it's not really a nurse, but it's close to it. We call it a kraamverzorgende. Oh. Um, and she comes to, it's usually she, she comes to help out uh, at home for the first week. And this is considered essential care. So it's still allowed in spite of the lockdown. And I'm really, really happy about that. Wow. And I really feel so much for all the parents of newborns in other countries who have to learn everything about how to take care of the newborn by themselves and they don't even get to ask their family for help now so i'm really feeling for all of you and i'm also really really feeling for all of you who are in the middle of an ivf or ICSI or iui or whatever process and it got stalled now because of the lockdown it's really must be really really hard on you so i'm thinking about all of you and um yeah thank you so much for still continuing the podcast (laughs) i still really enjoy listening to it and it's sort of like it gives me a glimpse into my own future now yeah well look i hope you're ready for your future but also great timing i was just thinking that great timing congratulations i hope that uh it's, 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 I hope it's all sort of done by the time you yeah. welcome that baby into the world. Yeah. Good but luck. Also, Netherlands, always doing things right. Um, Here's a nurse. Seriously. Like, that's great. Um, last week we heard from a listener whose four month old 
cried after 5 p.m. if their dad was trying to take care of him, her. Do you remember this? Wait, so that wasn't the first email we got? Wasn't that the same person? We, we suggested doing the feeding? Oh, yes, that's right. That was the same person. Sorry. Okay. So this is a suggestion for that person. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, is businessman dad shaving every morning? When my son was that age, <laughs> I had to decide between growing a beard or shaving twice a day. Uh-huh. He had super sensitive skin and that tiny bit of five o'clock shadow really upset him when sitting to read a book for bedtime. 1,400 square feet in Edmonton, Alberta. Interesting. Two parents, two kids, and a whole lot of cabin fever between us all. That's an interesting theory. He didn't, he didn't tell us what he decided. Shaving oh, twice a day. Or grow, I'm going to yeah. guess if he's in Alberta, he's, uh, he, he went with a beard. Beards are great, guys. Not all a ton right. of upkeep, and uh, they're all right. Did I cut my hair this week? Yeah. Hi. I didn't tell them. Guess who? It's Sam. Yeah, I'm listening again. <laughs> and yeah, my guilt has gone away. Thank I'm God, Sam. so glad that wasn't me. But um, I just wanted to let you know, don't I sound better this Monday than I did last? You sound like a huge weight has yeah, been lifted. I was rough, man. Um, okay, 1,750 square foot house, two cats and me. It's because this was our starter house that we raised our family in and never moved out of it and then divorced and bought it in 1991 for $129,000. Not in Seattle proper. I've got to commute when I go downtown to work. But, you know, it's home and I love it. And if I sold it, I wouldn't be able to afford to buy anything else. That's how it is. So... That's why I'm, you know, one 58-year-old adult with two cats, including crazy, goofy Todd, and um, still have my 23, almost 24-year-old daughter here, because your dad's an asshole. <laughs> anyway, love you. Bye. Uh, that's funny to me. Dad's an asshole. Love you. <laughs> That's funny. Sam, thank you for calling back. I'm thank glad you, that we've relieved your guilt. Uh, great job on uh, owning that house. And uh, boy, I don't even... Great job on calling out uh, her dad. Yep. All right. Uh, next voicemail. Mm-hmm. Like on the voicemails. Thank Hi, you. Matt and Dory, Bo and baby Henry. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Um, my name is Tina, and I'm calling from British Columbia, Canada. Long-time listener since almost day one. Um, just was calling, actually, in regards to your drainage issue in the back, because I heard a lady call on last week's podcast about um, digging, like, a hole and putting some rock in there and having mm-hmm. it all taken care of that way. And I just wanted to let you know that my husband and I actually did the same thing um, and planted a willow tree in the back, and what that drainage system is called is a French drain. So basically you're just digging a trench about eight inches in depth Mm -hmm. um, and about six to eight inches wide and putting down crushed rock, landscape fabric, perforated PVC piping, and then back with the landscape fabric and then the crushed rock again and soil and the sod on top. And it made a significant difference for us in our yard. 
We had it on a decline, so it went towards the willow tree that we planted in the corner. And that willow tree grew so fast um, because it was just pumped full um, of water, given the fact that we live in British Columbia, Canada, on the southwest side. We are literally dealing with rain all the time here mm. because that's what Vancouver does. Um, but anyways, again, it worked fantastic and never had an issue after that. And the kids have been able to be out in the yard and not coming in from head to toe covered in mud. So hopefully uh, that could work for you. It wasn't a project that took us that long. We did it in a day, a lot of manual work, but it was easy for us to do. We didn't have to hire somebody to do it. Um, yeah, that's it. So I hope you guys are all staying healthy and safe during this crazy COVID time. I'm a nurse and I work in the hospitals, so it's um, pretty crazy out there, but I worry more about people's sanity now than anything <laughs> else. Um, but we all will Astute. get through this together. So. Hopefully you guys take care, you're healthy, and yes, I'm calling. I live in 3,100 square feet with my husband and my two children who are six and nine and my old English bulldog, Mabel. And your friend, Take Shireen. care, guys. Thanks. Bye. Mabel's a good name for an, uh, no, an English bulldog. French drain that's interesting, just the idea of even get, digging that trench eight inches deep, six inches wide. I'm just filling it with, like, river stone. You know, if that keeps being like that, I might do that. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Thank you for for calling in about it. I feel like a lot of people have weighed in about our drainage issues. Well, I mean, it's like, it's one of those incredibly annoying things, especially in such a high traffic spot. Yeah. And then like, you have to think, well, is, the, is it chicken or the egg situation? Is it muddy because it's high traffic? Or I think it was I think it was muddy and then it just the high traffic I'm sure didn't help correct. but I think it was I think it would have been muddy no matter what. Yeah. All right. It's from Karen. Should I, should I build an arched bridge? Probably. You know. Yeah. Probably buy an ar arched bridge. A little a arched little bridge. A little little guy to go over like a brook. I know but I don't think there's enough room there for an arch bridge. Look, I think that brooks come in all sizes. We'll just have to take a look at the uh, hmm. at the after the after the show's over. Interesting. We'll go to the bridge store. Those are essential, right? Yes. <laughs> um, okay. It's from Karen. Hi guys, love your podcast. Matt is still smoking. How do you guys reconcile that? My boyfriend smokes, and I just can't deal. Looking for advice. Also, did you mention Matt is going paleo? How's that working out? <laughs> D.C. suburbs, two kids, one boyfriend, two cats, 1,500 square feet. Uh, paleo didn't work out. Smoking reconciled? I just, I don't know how it's reconciled. Dory uh, puts up with it in a saintly manner, and I try to minimize it as much as I can. Uh, it's not great. Hello. I hate it. She hates it. She hates it. I know she hates it. And as a result of her hating it, I try not to do it too much. Yeah. I will say I only had uh, two yesterday. The, the heat is the greatest thing in the world for it because I, I just hate going outside so much. Mm. But only if I'm like really getting a headache and fiending. Mm-hmm. 
but yes, it's uh, it's it's uh, you know if you want to keep writing in to remind us frequently about that, it'll probably long run be very helpful. So thank you. <laughs> Matt is an obliger, and he feels obligated to people who are not me. He feels obligated to to strangers mostly. So it actually does help when you guys write in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, sure. I, I'm I'm being totally serious. For sure. Even though she describes me as negative constantly, whatever. I mean, that's just my wife. Whatever she describes, that's the truth. Even though I'm totally not negative all the time, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> Hi. All right. Negative Nancy Drew. Tori, Matt, Henry, and Bo. Last week you talked about Henry's xylophone being out of tune. This was a big deal for my husband when our oldest science baby was turning one and wanted to get her music toys. He plays the French horn and trumpet, is also pretty good at everything on rock band. Mm -hmm. So having plastic and out-of-tune instruments for Clementine was not an option. After some research, we got a Honer Kids Glockenspiel (laughs) and a Remo KD 508001 Kid Floor Tom Drum. We have a a Remo. We have a Remo, very good Remo Floor Tom. Um, both girls love banging on them. And even when it is loud, at least the notes sound nice. Then last year she got a Pomai Kai soprano ukulele, 21 inches as a gift. When little sister was born after breaking a few strings, trying to tune it in the wrong key. It is also loved by both best wishes to everybody. Rebecca in central Texas, 1500 square feet with two adults and two science kids, four and a half year old and one year old. And she links to, I should look into the, uh, situation. She looks. She links to these instruments, and I will link to them in the show notes. Henry loves uh, plucking a guitar string out. He floor. really does. And then she included a photo of their family uh, rock band session. <laughs> it's very cute. All right, we have an interesting conundrum from a listener named Tori. Okay. I'm a longtime listener of the podcast, but I've never written in or sent a voice message because I don't have children and I'm not planning on having children. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I never had anything pertinent to add to the conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other week on the podcast, though, you said to send in emails, even if they weren't related to the podcast. So I thought I would write in. My fiance and I are planning to be married this Halloween, 1031, 2020. Spooky. Our original plan for the wedding was to have the ceremony at our local Alamo Drafthouse movie theater and then watch House on Haunted Hill, the 1959 Vincent Price film. Mm Mm-hmm. We were going to then have a pretty relaxed reception after. The plan was to have about 120 people at the ceremony and then 200 at the reception. As with all other couples who had 2020 weddings planned, COVID has made us question all of our plans, though. I can't stop thinking about the wedding and don't know how to proceed. So I thought I'd ask for your guys' advice on the situation. I really love the idea of getting married at the theater because movies are a huge part of our relationship. We were both huge movie fans prior to getting together. And that's one of the things that bonded us together. We even keep a movie list every year of every new movie we watch together where we assign them a letter grade based on our enjoyment. Super dorky. I know last year we got 285 new to us films watched. Okay. So they're, they're beating us by 285. Okay, that was a bit of a tangent, but I wanted to give you a little context. I know we are still pretty far out from the wedding, but the idea of a get-together that large, even in October, seems a bit far-fetched. I'm wondering if it's smart to just proceed as if things will happen or if we should start adjusting our plans now. We do already have a tentative backup plan, which is to do an intimate ceremony on the same date at my fiancé's childhood home. While this option isn't a bad one, it also makes me sad that we would be missing out on the movie theater ceremony. The major factor in all these decisions is our money situation. We both got laid off due to COVID, so it seems a little irresponsible mm-hmm. to spend money on invites, decor, and all the other odds and ends that go with the wedding when there's a decent chance the plan will be changed anyway. I'm just stuck in this limbo of what to do. 
No matter what, we want to get married on the 1031-2020 date. Should we just do the small ceremony and then a reception next year? Should we move the ceremony to the smallest theater available at Alamo and only invite a few people? While this option would allow us to keep our ceremony at the theater, it also feels like a bit of a waste of money if only a few people will be able to attend. Should we just elope? The other big question mark is if movie theaters will be open and operating at full capacity by then. Sorry this email is so long. Please feel free to edit as you see fit. Uh, I would appreciate any insight you guys might have as you both always give great advice on the podcast. I mean, here's what I would think about doing you're, you're, I would, they don't say where they're where where they are just that they have an alamo draft house correct i would I, my question to you is how big is the yard at your at your husband's place because how fucking cool would it be to rent a screen and a projector and do it outside very cool uh on halloween yeah and have everyone dress up it'd be spooky maybe they don't want people to dress up honey oh okay sorry don't try to ruin whatever motif they're going for sorry but think about Don't how fun it would be to like Andrew. have two popcorn carts or popcorn wherever you're from uh, going, you know, I, if you're married to a 35 millimeter print of the Vincent Price film, I can't really help you there. But if you don't mind throwing a Blu-ray on and, uh, you know, you can do a large 4K projector rental. It's probably pretty reasonable definitely compared to a wedding and you have so much fucking time between now and then start sewing white bed sheets together to make the screen mm. um and then you know do some like some nice uh paper lanterns mm-hmm. and fucking have the wedding and watch the movie outside movies are important they don't have to happen in movie theaters i don't think you watch 280 new films in a theater yeah that seems unlikely um, unless you work at the theater, whatever. But I would weigh that cost against the cost of an Alamo draft situation. And then if the yard's big enough, I would do it. And also you can space people out however you'd like mm-hmm. to space them out. That's my thought. You're basically a wedding planner. I have been for many years. Oh. I just never told you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great idea. I, I'm like, I think that sounds fun. Like I'd go to that. Totally. Can we come? Good, good ask. Thank you. Um, all right. And then also, by the way, heads up. Here's my question to you, people who person who wrote in. If maybe your husband's yard isn't big enough for that kind of thing, maybe you have a friend whose yard or parents' yard is big enough for that mm. thing, and you could absolutely do the ceremony at the at your uh, husband's childhood home, and then go to the bigger yard where all of this has been set up for the reception. Again, great idea. One question, though. What about a rain backup plan? A rain backup plan? If they're in Austin, Texas, they won't need one. What are you talking about? It rains all the time there. It never rains in Austin. In Austin? It's so hot. Why would it rain? It rains in Austin all the time. Does it? I don't know. I've never seen it. I've never... Let me say this. I've never been in the rain there. Really? I have. Well, that's you. Weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't mean to be a negative Nancy Drew, but... All right, saying. so you have a rain backup plan. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. What if the rain backup plan was the movie theater? I'm kidding. That's, not, that's not helpful. All right, um, we have one last. I know the Astrodome is unoccupied. <laughs> we have one last uh, question. This is from Amy. Hey, guys, so it looks like we are not going to be moving to a house this year because of all the crazy COVID stuff and the fact that we have to renew our lease by the end of May. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not thrilled about staying in our apartment for another year, but it's most likely the best decision right now. Question for you. 
Did you ask your landlord at your old place to make any improvements after a few years? This would be year five for us in this apartment, and I would love it if she replaced some of the carpet, painted, and did some other improvements. I've never rented this long in one place, so wasn't sure about how to go about this. What is acceptable for asking for before you renew again? Sending lots of love to all of you and hope you're staying healthy and safe. Thanks for the pods. I listened to all of them. We got them to put in a washing machine, uh, dishwasher rather, which caused a cascade failure of their kitchen. So once the measurements were taken for how a dishwasher would go into this 1920s countertop, that had to be raised. And as soon as that had to be raised, that in turn led to the entire kitchen cabinet system. Well, it, it also led to the contractor noticing that the sink was going to fall falling. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one way we went about it. We asked for a dishwasher and we said we would pay for the actual dishwasher if you paid for the installation. So it was like a give and take on that. Uh, we asked for the carpet to be replaced. We were told no. They put in a gate. They put in an electronic gate for us. They put in central air. They put in central air, which was also a kerfuffle. They wanted us to pay for half of that. We said no. Yeah. <laughs> we let them raise our rent, though. Um, I, yeah. think, I think you're in a great position to ask for stuff right now. I don't think your landlord wants to start looking for new tenants in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So I feel like you're in a good position to renew and ask for some and stuff. And you're also in a good position to threaten to walk to another apartment. Yeah, because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of apartments. Yeah. Um, good luck. Keep us posted. But how did we go about it? We asked nicely. We said, yeah. look, we'd like to renew the rele- lease if we can get the following. Yeah. Um, all right. We have one last voicemail. Hi, Matt and Dory and Henry and Bo. This is Liz calling from Reno, Nevada. Um, I was calling Christmas show. Was this a Christmas to, show person? Well, I guess a few of your different shout outs for comments and things. Um, I am a nurse in what used to be a cardiac ICU and is now the COVID ICU, which has been an interesting change. Um, so life on the front lines. Um, Things are crazy, as you might imagine, but thankfully not as crazy as they could be. We haven't had the huge surge that they were predicting, and um, so hoping that we can come out the other end of this relatively unscathed. Um, The one thing that I really wanted to mention to you guys and to other listeners and things is um, I know there's been, thankfully, we've had so many people in our community who have just shown us so much love by buying us um, meals and different um, treats and things. And um, it's been really cool to see how supportive our whole community is of um, the nurses and the first responders and all those people. And so I just wanted to throw that out there to the excellent community. If people are looking for a way to support um, those people um, who are serving on the front lines, you know, bagels or burritos or whatever. We love all the food. So that's a great way to say, you know, thank you for what you're doing. Um, And the other thing is a question for Matt and for really anyone else out there, but um, Matt, you love solving random house problems. Mm -hmm. I have observed this about you. And um, just the other day, my husband and I noticed that there was a lot of bees flying in and out of the side of our brick house and a 
Apparently, they are trying to build a hive uh, inside of our wall. These are honeybees. We're pretty sure we've identified them correctly as honeybees. And we are so sad that because I don't want to kill the honeybees. Right. I would really love to just relocate them. But they're in the wall. And so far, every honey bee person that we have contacted has told us that they can't get to them. And then we contacted exterminators because the bees were kind of getting inside the house. We found three bees in the house and we have a two year old and a four month old. So I really don't want to get, want them to get stung. Um, but yeah, the bees are getting in the house. We called the exterminator. They said we can't do anything about it either because bees are protected species and you're on your own. So snap and the excellent world. Mm. She called back. Don't worry. Okay. Oh, this is tough. Hey, this is Liz again. Sorry, I'm calling back because I got cut off. All I was going to say was, if anybody has any suggestions about bees, I would love to hear them. Um, We live in 2,000-something square feet in Reno um, with a husband and two little guys and hopefully not an entire colony of bees. All right, thanks. Love you guys. Bye. Bees are protected. I'm surprised that none of the no, there are no beekeepers around who will at least help you. Yeah. Try to figure that out. I'm gonna not answer this week, and I'm gonna give a kinder, gentler person regarding this bee situation <laughs> time to reach out and Great. contact. I'm sure we have a listener before who... I give the correct advice on how to exterminate all of these bees oh, no. and seal that fucking thing. Now, I would rather it didn't come to that. And uh you know, I would also be cautious on on the end of like if you chose to try to get rid of the bees, I would also be like get the kids out of the house. Yeah. Just in case you anger a hive. <laughs> oh god. Um but there's got to be a way. What about all that smoke those bee, bee people use? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that smoke. Doesn't that lull them into like some sort of like, oh, everything's cool. And then you can move them? Yeah, I think do that we have to cut the Do we cut the hole open? Like, do we have to cut the wall open and figure this out? Like, what does this colony even look like? I have so many questions. Please, someone who's a bee expert, <laughs> call in, write in. Thank you. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Yes, it's the end of our show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, thank you to our patrons. We're on patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. That's where we do some extra podcasts for people who want to reach out and support the show and keep the show running and keep the servers going, et cetera, et cetera. So big thank you to them. If you're at the $5 level or above, you get your name right of the podcast each month. So let's thank the following folks. Emily. Aaron Fast. Aaron Gudge. Aaron Turley. Fallon. Frederick Roy. Greta Truitt. Hannah Crowder. Helen R.B. Putin Waddle. Jackie G. Jane Callahan. Jennifer Sika. Jennifer Steele. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jessica Manolovich. Kane McCall. Caitlin Pusey. Catherine Linne. Catherine Shimmons. Katie Heimer. Katie Regan. Katie Tavey. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mastry. Christopher Fonagy. Laura Dodge. Laura Madge. Laura Rosenblum. Lauren. Lisa, I'm sorry, Leslie Shoup. 
Lex Conant, uh, Liesl, Linnea Thunsel, and Maggie Fleming. Thank you, everybody. Uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Uh, put a mask on. Have a good time. Bye. Bye.